0: Tuesday, May 29th. This is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Gentlemen, happy Tuesday. Hey Chris. Hello. Good long weekend everybody?
1: Excellent. Yeah, I had my nose stuck in a textbook all That's right.
0: Down. You're studying uh, you're studying for some exam that you're not going to pass, right?
1: For an exam. Spoiler I'm alert. Probably not going to pass the, the CFA exam, which no one at the office cares about. And half the material has nothing to do with equities, which is all I spend my time on. So I'm feeling really
0: good about it. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I smoked some ribs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, we have a whole lot going on in the world of mobile phones. And we are going to dip into the full mailbag. But let's let's start with that mobile phone industry. A bunch of headlines to get to. Research in Motion is preparing to lay off another 2,000 employees. Samsung launched its Galaxy S3 phone in Europe earlier today. And the New York Times is reporting that Facebook, yes, Facebook, is looking to recruit engineers from Apple to work on its smartphone initiative. Reportedly, that is with HTC and has the codename name Buffy. So we'll just put the code name aside for a moment. Um, But, Joe, of those headlines, what leaps out at you? The Facebook one. We can't get enough Facebook. (laughs) I want Facebook everywhere. I want it on my phone.
1: I have it on my phone. I don't need a Facebook phone. And Facebook's actually tried to do a Facebook phone. That phone came out a lot more like the original Apple phone. I don't know if many people remember this, but they came out with a phone before the iPhone where they partnered. And it was a phone that was infused with Apple features. And Facebook has done a similar thing. That didn't really work well. Okay, It turns out people don't really care about having a phone that's entirely around Facebook. And I think that while it's a clever strategy, and I see the desire for wanting to move up in the user experience, just like Chrome has done with Google, I'm not so sure that it's going to work or that, well, I'm not sure that consumers want it or that they could even deliver if they tried.
0: Charlie?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm very wary of this. And uh, clearly they want to have 100% control over the customer experience, which they don't necessarily have when they're running on Android or iPhone platforms. Uh, But, you know, I I would be uh, a little concerned here. Uh, I think the best route for them is to follow in the footsteps of Amazon and Baidu and cobble together their own experience off of an Android base versus doing something from scratch themselves. Uh, We'll see.
1: Yeah, I think that's an all right strategy, but it's not their bread and butter. I mean, they don't have experience building software, or not building software, but building operating system platforms. That's a totally different experience. And pretty much anyone who's used a Kindle Fire will tell you it's pretty suboptimal compared to most experiences with Android and the hardware everyone complains about. So do I think Facebook will be able to come in and, you know replicate that that success yeah maybe
2: well uh, now that as a uh, publicly traded company uh the focus on profits is a little more important than when they were private yeah. and this is a way that they can't control the payment processing they didn't uh, roll out their own processing for the social games last year and i, I would bet that's part of the angle here for them
0: um You mentioned Facebook being a software company and the challenge it uh, it faces sort of with essentially building a smartphone, and yet we're kind of seeing that with Google, aren't we? Because last week, Google effectively closed out final, you know, the the deal with Motorola mobility is finally closed, and that's kind of the route that Google is going down, isn't it? Yeah, well, they stopped buying the milk and they just bought the cow, but, (laughs) you know,
1: they bought Motorola... For a few reasons. The biggest reason being patents. Uh, There's this ongoing war going on between all these mobile handset manufacturers and the software companies over patents. And Google didn't have many of them. Buying Motorola brought in, I want to say, 17,000. That's a whole lot of patents. And it's basically a treasure trove to help protect them in lawsuits with Apple and Microsoft. So that to me was the main reason. Uh, The hardware business itself is almost like a playground for them not as important to them as the patents.
0: Charlie, when you look at Samsung and the rollout of this new phone, the reports that, that we've been seeing online today are, are good both in terms of the reviews of the new Galaxy S3, but in terms of people lining up outside the store, getting ready to buy it. Um, is, is this the kind of thing that can gain Samsung traction here in the U.S. to a greater degree than it already has?
2: I would think so, Chris. And along with Apple, Samsung's the only company that actually makes any money selling smartphones. It's a two-horse race in this industry, and it's a choice between the Apple operating system and Android. And Samsung is the number one Android provider by a mile. It's the largest handset manufacturer in the world uh, at this moment. Uh, and you know, I, everyone I know who has a Samsung product, whether it's a tablet or a phone, absolutely loves it. Uh, so I think it bodes well for them here.
0: I have to mention this. The the one report was uh, describing the features of the new Galaxy S3. It includes a screen that is uh, 4.8 inches, so that's larger than the average iPhone. It also includes eye tracking technology, so the phone knows when to wake up. That strikes me as mildly creepy. As Very opposed-
1: minority report. I was going to say, yeah. is it,
0: is that. I, am I the only one who's just It's like vaguely- HAL from 2001 a
2: little bit. It's yeah. a little creepy. Yeah. Are,
0: are, aren't we just like one step away from the phone like getting lonely and then there's the Siri voice saying, you know, why you know, why aren't you using me or yeah. something like that?
1: I hope not. Siri's voice is terrible. But kidding aside, Samsung does produce a great product. I think we've kind of convinced ourselves somehow in America that Apple's the only company that makes great phones, but that's absolutely not true. Like If you look at any of the recent flagship phones that have come out, like the HTC One, that's an amazing phone. I highly recommend playing with it, but it's not really getting all that much traction here.
0: Well, and to the point Charlie was making about it being a two-horse race, you look at market share, Samsung's got about 30% market share. Apple's just over 24%. Who's likely to make this a three-horse race? Is is it Google? Is it Facebook simply by virtue of the amount of cash that they have on hand? I mean, it seems like we've talked before about Facebook and their, quote-unquote, second act. This seems like the second act they're at least pursuing. So if you're betting on a third horse, Charlie, who are you betting on?
2: Um, I would love to bet on Microsoft since we own Microsoft in uh, million dollar portfolio uh, but they have uh, they're way behind the eight ball maybe behind the nine and ten ball as well <laughs> uh, I, I think the uh, companies like Samsung have to really look with a cautious eye what Google's going to do with Motorola because uh, you know, Typically, Google just wanted to get Android on as many uh, handset manufacturers as they could, but now that they own their own, uh, what effect does that have on the competitive landscape? I'm not really sure.
0: Joe, who's the threat to Apple and Samsung?
1: Well, we've got a couple different races going on. There's the operating system race, and then there's the hardware phone race. So remember on the operating side, you've got Samsung and they're, you know, a major player there, but they're running Android and Google is the winner through that. They're both winning just in the same way that HP sells a lot of computers or they used to. Um, (laughs) And, you know, Microsoft uh, wins from that. Google's benefiting from that. But, you know, I don't think Motorola is likely to be the next big thing here. Uh, There's kind of a rise and fall of phone manufacturers, and there always has been. I think there's going to be a lot of continued uh, you know, rivalry in the space, but I do think it ultimately leads towards Google being the winner, because you have falling average selling prices, which hurts Apple and helps Google, because it gets more Android phones in the hands of more consumers.
0: Am I the only one who wants to know the backstory on why Facebook's secret code name for this initiative is Buffy?
1: Because they're cool guys. <laughs>
0: You can always drop us an email. Radio at fool.com is the way to reach us. Got an email from Hans Schubert. He writes, I wanted to know what you think about the future of genome sequencing or genotyping as a forward-looking diagnostic tool. The only publicly traded company I'm aware of is Illumina, which trades on the NASDAQ, I-L-M-N. But another interesting company that's privately held is 23andMe.com. Very interesting stuff. Thank you, For all that you guys do. Uh, Charlie, you know far more about this world than I do. Um, Can you answer Hans's question about sort of what's out there in the uh, publicly traded landscape?
2: I can. Uh, And if we go back in time to the Human Genome Project, Uh, I was in grad school and seeing what was going on with the public efforts from the National Institute of Health and research institutions across the country, as well as Solera Genomics. And the uh, promise of greater things to come out of, you know, understanding the human genome is finally here. Uh, It it cost billions of dollars to do it the first time, and now you can go on to 23andMe and get your genome sequence for a grand price of $300, which is remarkably cheap. Uh, And I think the uh, promise of uh, the, the science and the understanding and all the technology is finally coming to play. Uh, so Illumina is the top dog in the space. Is as far as providing the, uh, the chip itself, that'll do the sequencing. Uh, but there's other big companies like Roach Diagnostics, Life Technologies, and and so on. Uh, Affymetrix used to be a lot bigger than they are today. They've kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, but there's a lot of companies out there doing this. Uh, and I speaks. I think it speaks to the fact that this is ultimately going to become a commodity business, which is great for us as consumers. The prices are going to keep coming down lower and lower. Uh, ancestry.com is looking to offer a DNA service service uh, to connect people to their family histories. And I I believe the price they're going to charge is as low as $99.
0: So from the standpoint of consumers, it sounds like you know, good times ahead from the right. standpoint of investors. Is there is there one of these stocks that you like in this space, or is there more of a bank shot play for investors? If if as you say, it's going more the commodity route.
2: Well, the company that does the actual uh, lab test itself for twenty three andMe is LabCorp, which along with Quest Diagnostics and BioReference Laboratories, this is an oligopoly space. They do all the uh, lab testing for hospitals around the country. I think that's the place
0: you look. Joe, you've done Twenty Three and Me. Can you just? Can, I'm spit in the tube. I was going to say, can you just explain for folks listening who may not have heard of Twenty Three and Me what it is and and what the process you went through was?
1: Yeah. So the idea is you give a DNA sample to these guys, and they come back to you with a lot of information on your predispositions towards different types of diseases, uh, personality traits, physical traits. I think the diseases is the interesting part. I don't need to be told what my hair color is predisposed to. Um, but my wife and I did it, and it was very interesting to see all the different types of, you know, I guess diseases. Like I said, that we might have predispositions toward compared to the average person. And so, for example, I'm more predisposed to heart disease, and so that's something I've, you know, incrementally tried to adjust. So my you've diet cut down around. on the amount
0: of red meat that you've eaten and the amount of bourbon that you've consumed.
1: I didn't have meat yesterday at all, and it killed me. <laughs>
0: Uh, Charlie, you're you're thinking about doing this as as well, right?
2: Yeah, my wife and I are looking at doing this uh, mostly just for curiosity's sake. uh Because it's not just the health factors, uh, it's the, you know, diseases you might be carrying, like cystic fibrosis that could be passed on to children, but also a curiosity about where your ancestors come from, uh, like what parts of Europe, because neither one of us really know that. And it's Mm -hmm. for $300, why not find out, you know, maybe like Steve Martin and the jerk, I could find I was born a poor black child, (laughs) but despite being the whitest person alive, you know. but yeah, so we're going to do it. But I, 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 it's dubious value, right? Because if you find out you have a propensity for diabetes or cardiovascular disease, you should be eating healthy anyways. It's, well, that's true. It's not like you get a free
1: pass on eating poorly if you don't have a high risk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it is very interesting stuff. And to be honest, we got it. So occasionally they do sales, not to undermine these people's business. But yeah, I'd be patient. You don't need to pay 300 They run it at like 99 bucks every once in a while. And that's when we paid for it. And they have a membership service related to it that I thought would be worthless, but I actually enjoy it. And it's only five bucks a month. And basically, you get monthly updates as they get more information from people signing up. And it's a network effect where more people take the test, they get more data, and they can give you more info on stuff that you're you know, predisposed to and whatnot. So it's really interesting stuff.
0: It seems like the kind of thing that potentially 10 years down the line, that this is just part of a standardized physical exam. Like if you go in with, yeah. with, with like your... Like
1: immunizations, everyone will
0: do that. With your, because wouldn't you think that this ultimately could be used to control healthcare costs? If, if you know, for example, that a two-year-old kid from a blood sample is predisposed towards all these types of things, then... I'm sure there'd be well, some
1: vicious lawsuits around that, but you'd have to think so. I mean, all things equal if someone had lower... You know, if someone had a much higher predisposition to an expensive... That's a cold way of putting it, but an expensive disease yeah. from an insurance standpoint. Like, I, absolutely. If I'm United Health, do I want to insure that person at the same price? No. And, and it is actually comes out to be better for the
2: patients as well because different drugs will work differently in different people, uh, and this has only started to come out over the last 10 years or so, and uh, a good example is in the treatment of colorectal cancer, where there's a couple different chemotherapy drugs you can take, and certain ones will work better in different people. That's the kind of information that not only makes it cheaper to treat you, but it's, you know you
0: get a better result from it. Joe, anything disappointing? Anything in the report where you're like, wow, I was supposed to be 6'5"? What happened? I didn't have any real shockers. Okay.
1: Yeah. My wife did have some interesting ones, though. She's ethnically Korean, but her ancestry suggested some kind of different parts of the world in a way that we were like, huh, I wonder if the family tree is bent in a way that we didn't know about.
0: <laughs> See, I think that's where Charlie's going with his. Like, you know, yeah. Charlie, you'll have to report back on here, you know, once once you and your wife do the test, because it would be interesting to find out, like, wow, actually have some ancestry in this little corner of the world. Wasn't even expecting it.
2: Right. Right. yeah, you know, like I'm a 6'3", you know, Caucasian. I wouldn't expect to find Asian countries in my history, but yeah, we'll that, see.
0: That's not the way to bet. All right. Joe Maker, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.